You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my matching co-hosts, Vanana. Hi. Hi, everyone. We're all wearing the same color t-shirt. It's great. <laughs> and Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 139 of the Fanboy Garage. As always, it's another week. We're happy to have you guys. Lots to talk about. Kong versus Godzilla continues to crush at the box office. Chris Terrio has some... Things to get off his chest related to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mayans, we are watching that, and that show is amazing. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so much to talk about, but let's dive into the box office. Sure. So once again, and it's amazing like that we're kind of back into this, right? Like swing yeah. like, hey, let's start talking like about box happened. office. I didn't think we would ever be doing that again. But uh, Godzilla vs. Kong continued. Um, it only had like a 58% drop in its second week, which when you consider the fact that it's it's available like at home. So like if you were one of those, you figure most of the people would have rushed out to have seen it like opening weekend that wanted to get to theaters. Sure. Uh, it did another uh, th- like almost uh, like 13 and a half million here uh, domestic. But right now um, the movie is sitting at $357 million worldwide, right? So it's like 60 million here and 288 uh, overseas. And what's amazing about that is that's after, well, so two weeks domestic and then three weeks international, international. right? Because they opened a week earlier. But uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, for its entire run, did $386.6 million. Wow. So this thing is going to eclipse that by its third week Wow! in theaters, which is hard to believe. <laughs> and it's in, and in a it's pandemic. Like, in a pandemic. And, and, and in a hybrid uh, model. Yeah. 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 And, and by uh, the way, the nice. international number... Right, the um, the two hundred eighty eight million point eight two hundred eighty eight point three million that it's done internationally already eclipses the two hundred seventy six million that King wow. of the Monsters did in its entire run international. Question: Yeah, the international markets do they don't have access to HBO Max, right? So that's right. They yeah. are doing certain things, like I know they said Canada. Like the, you can pay for it. Yeah, like Canada has a. Uh, premium video on demand option because their theaters are there's only like 20 percent of their theaters open right. and i think it it did big business it did like three three million or something in its opening week uh wow. video on demand streaming uh it looks like the streaming numbers on hbo for again max we don't know there's nothing official they don't release it but based on trends and things like that they're saying it, it did really good it did well there too Mm. Um, which is tie into that conversation we had last week about how fascinating it is that like a lot of people are accessing this film uh, in all the different ways that you can access it, which right. tells me that there's room for this. And, you know, I was, it's interesting. I was, I was reading that article um, about Netflix uh, and how they, they uh, paid a lot of money for the rights to the Sony films like after their theatrical runs are over right. to, they, for, to be the exclusive shop. So they've eliminated like, I think stars used to have the agreement 
and mm-hmm. uh, and so any competition, you know, whether it be HBO or Stars or Showtime or whatever, you know, whoever would have the rights, they've they've cornered that market for Sony. But for me, the big thing that wasn't the big thing um, for me in that story. The big thing was deep into that story where it talked about how like Paramount Plus right. has struck a deal where they're gonna start to air. They're like the Paramount films are going to air like 45 days after their theatrical runs exclusively on Paramount Plus. Like that's mm. big stuff because that's yeah. all the stuff that like speeds up that theatrical window and gets things into your homes faster using mm. your direct to consumer streaming service. Right. To do it. Um, so, I mean, you I know, mean, that's super. That's super smart. Sure. That's cra- I mean, that's crazy to me. It's, so basically it's like a month and a half later. Uh, the box office would likely be trailing because you're not going to have. Sure. I mean, Paramount's not crushing it with like Star Wars. Well, type. they have. Yeah, they mentioned the new Mission Impossible and uh, yeah, but they're not. I mean, Top Gun were... sequel and all that stuff. The movies right. have just got all pushed back again. So will they do it with uh, with international? Like, will they start it during international releases or is it domestic and then they drop it on? Probably domestic. I don't know if Paramount Plus is available overseas. No, in fact, I know start, for a fact when it, they it isn't. Forty-five yeah. timer. I don't know because uh, I, I know it isn't overseas because I know that Star Trek Discovery is on. I think Netflix in like mm-hmm. overseas because there's no Paramount. Well, what well, used to be CBS right, All right. Access, it's now Paramount Plus. Um, I would assume the domestic theatrical run is what that would apply to. Um, Paramount Plus. That's such an original name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Discovery has Discovery Plus now. Everybody's it's, going it's with like, the really. Yeah. Was there even, was there a Paramount channel before? There is. Well, there is yeah. a Paramount Network was? now. So Spike TV has been rebranded yeah. for a uh, while now as the Paramount. Network, clearly, whatever. never seen it. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of a lot of like shows have gone to Paramount Plus. So like yeah. um I don't know. Like all like the like the Oprah, right? Like Super Soul Sundays on there. Yeah, they start some um, deals. HGTV with... stuff, uh, everything with like Chip and Joanna Gaines. Everything that's on the their the Viacom umbrella. Mm-hmm. So CBS, uh you know, Nickelodeon. MTV. And actually I misspoke. This is even bigger. So my apologies. It's seventeen days. Oh damn, the... really? It's that close. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm sorry. It is 45 days. It's um, again. It's, I'm because I'm looking through this now because you got me thinking about what the other movies were that were coming okay. out. We can't trust Chris a, anymore. A Quiet Place Two was the other movie that they quoted, along with Mission right, Impossible right, right, right. Seven. For, uh, 45 days. It's the Universal deal. That was the next thing I wanted to talk about because that Universal deal is 17 days after the theatrical release. The movies can hit premium video on demand. Mm-hmm. So, like, pretty soon, um, not on Peacock. Well, no, not yet. Right. But pretty soon you're going to be talking about. We don't know what H what Warner Media is going to continue to do, right, with their theatrical yeah. releases. Whether they're going to continue this hybrid model that that seems to be working, <laughs> you know. Even though you know, um, mm-hmm. we don't know, uh, you know, how what Disney's going to do, right? Disney Plus with their stuff, but we know Universal within 17 days you're going to be able to uh, watch their movies at home some way right we know now with paramount within, within 45 days you're going to be able to re- and i think you're going to start to see those windows shrink regardless of whether these um content providers go you know with their uh, hybrid models or not i do think we will at the very least start to see the theatrical window shrink 
because yeah. the theaters really don't have leverage there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the thing is, is you're, you, people are gonna who, who want the experience are gonna go to the theater. Yeah, yeah. And then people who are like, okay, they're still gonna pay a, they're gonna pay, but they're gonna pay a premium. And if it's directly to the studio, sure, that makes sense. But if you're doing the video on demand, like that's getting split a hundred. Well, not 100. It's getting split a couple of different ways. You know, like Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Voodoo. All of those licensing things. So, but they're still making money. And I think, I think also like, you know, in the beginning of this, we just weren't sure where things were going to go, you know, with like theaters closing down. Like we were even thinking like, oh, is that like the end of like theaters? Are they just going to go like bankrupt? And Mm -hmm. that's it. Like we're just left with streaming. But now we're seeing that oh, there is like a hybrid model that's like approaching, you know, because people are going to want to still go to movies and people are going to want to watch it at home. And then it's kind of like win-win for the studios because they're just getting a bigger audience, right? They're getting bigger viewership for their films. Um, But the industry that's really suffering and is, has already been suffering, you know, to begin with are like DVD sales. Right. Like that's going to be completely wiped out. Yeah, that's going to be with, obsolete. Yeah. Like that's going to be obsolete, just like how we stopped using cassette tapes, you know, because yeah. of DVDs. And I, I was just talking to a friend, um, you know, when you're part of SAG-AFTRA, you get all of the shows that are being nominated for the SAG Awards so that mm. you could vote on them. I have a bunch of DVDs here mm. sitting in, on my desk, like on my shelf of all the nominated shows and films, which half of them, like I already have watched, you know, on, on Netflix or like Amazon prime, but like, for example, like Minari, I haven't seen and the father I haven't seen. Mm. And I was just telling my friend, like, I don't have a DVD player. Oh, wow. And my laptops, my computer, like doesn't have the DVD drive anymore, like the disc drive. So that's just like that's That's yeah, that's a very real thing. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have one if I didn't have a PlayStation. Yeah, and I think SAG-AFTRA should kind of think about what they're going to do next year because more and more likely, like people are not going to have access to like play their dvds i'm gonna take some dvds with me to texas because we have a playstation 4 there and that's how we play our like dvds it's like through our playstation it's not even like a dvd player yeah so that's the industry that's like that's it yeah start running yourself a little side business start selling some of that stuff you know yeah yeah it's it's funny i the reason why i have a blu-ray player is because i'm really a geek and I needed to have, so at the time, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, right? So I used to, um, there were a lot of, or there were, and even Star Trek, there were some Blu-rays that were available overseas, right? And or DVDs that were available overseas that were not available here. So either the DVD wasn't available here or like the Blu-ray version wasn't available here, but I could get them overseas. And so I needed a region-free Blu-ray player. (laughs) So that's why I have one. But now, after getting it, within a couple of years, now like all of the classic Doctor Who stuff is available on BritBox. It's available on Pluto TV. There's a dedicated channel just to it. So it's like you wow. don't even need that anymore. Um, obviously, the Star Trek Blu-rays and stuff, like the, the remastered DVDs, all that stuff is available for streaming. So it's like I 
barely use my DVD player, my Blu-ray player, unless it's something that I absolutely want to watch and just for some reason it is just not available to stream uh, and I'm not either going to rent it or pay for it or whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I've gone, like, my digital collection, that's usually what I go to. Because not only do I, did I used to redeem the digital codes, you know, when I purchase a Blu-ray or DVD, but also um, Vudu had a service for a while, and they probably still do, where, like, you could actually um, convert your DVD. Like, you put in, like, the barcode, and for, like, $2, they'd give you, like, the digital equivalent of it. So, like, I was doing that for a while, too, just to, to make life easier for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I usually, I pretty much am, like, almost exclusively streaming now. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I do. I, yeah. I can't even tell you the last, uh, the last Blu-ray I, I've played or bought, to, to be honest with you. I haven't bought a, a Blu-ray in quite a while. No, I have two laptops and a desktop, and I can't play any of the yeah. <laughs> free DVDs that yeah. I got. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it's the way that it is. You know, I, I haven't. It, same thing with music. Haven't bought an album. It, like it's all it's all on on Spotify. Right. Right. Yeah. Even for a while, I was hanging in there trying to like buy certain Blu-rays and just like as a collector, right? Just to have. But I even gave up on that like for a while because it's like you know what I'm. No, like I just I don't have the room. I don't really watch them. So what's the point of having it to sit on a shelf that's not there anymore anyway? Right. right? To take up space that I don't have. Um so I've even gotten off of that. And yeah. you know, I know that like, there are Did I buy that horrible movie called The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> that I did because I was still in my buy it as a collector phase. But mm. the pandemic I think pretty much put an end to that for me. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. just so but yeah, I mean, I think eventually physical media in general is just not going to be a thing. No. Like you, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, look at the what PlayStation and and Microsoft did with their uh, well, Sony, Sony PlayStation and Microsoft Xbox did with their gaming systems. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're compl- I mean, they they are they're offering two versions, but you know, right. one version is completely digital. And now right. with even with streaming being four K, even though I know they say, oh, it's not pure 4k, 4K. it's not like a group yeah. okay that's fine but unless you're like a super video file uh who has like an insane setup you're not really going to know the difference and so you don't even but why pay money for a 4k blu-ray player if you can just stream that too now because that was the one thing keeping the the medium alive right was mm-hmm. 4k because it's like okay well but now i mean now we're getting 8k tv <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's like you're never going to be able to keep up I mean, with this stuff. So it's like, what's the point that's a now? Little too that's much. not going to yeah. happen. Well, it's a thing. It's happening. I, know. I mean, it's but... a thing. It's been a thing for a little while. Like, yeah. It's, it's taking forever to get 4K. Yeah. True 4K up and off the ground. Sure. Yeah. So, and it's, it's imagine, unnecessary. I mean, all the data that's going to be required for that. It's, it's, it's also unnecessary for the, I mean, the, the fact is that based on how far most people sit from their screens at home. And the size of the screens yep. that we have, then, then human There's eye cannot identify. Can yeah, I and mean, that's why they used to say like, even the difference between 720p when that was a thing and 780 and 1080p, right? When they, when you used to have the two different standards, um, they said yeah. that like the the human if, if a TV was certain size and you were a certain amount of distance away from it, like you couldn't identify the difference between unless there mm-hmm. was like, yeah. you know, certain types of things. So yeah, it's the same concept. I mean, I don't. I don't think most people even realize. And and your eyes adjust too eventually. 
You know, because I remember yeah. the first time I yeah. saw HD TV, like 1080p HD. It was I was at my friend's house and he had like you know the the first like projection HD TV before yeah. plasmas and LCDs and all that came out, and like he had like a football game on and like you could see like the sweat the beads of sweat like on the guy's head. And I was like, holy crap, like what are you serious? Yeah. Now we watch it and it's just like, it doesn't even phase us, right? Like we, it's just, you expect it and you're used to yeah. it. And yeah. It actually, it, it, it's funny. I was, before we jumped on, I was catching up with, uh, this is us. And, uh, they use makeup to de-age some of the characters. And I was like, man, they, they kicked it on. Cause I was sitting actually a little closer to my TV than normal before. And I was like, I could see mm. the cake on their cheeks and like the eyeshadow on the makeup. And I was like, damn, Ooh, Ooh, yeah, that's normally I don't catch that, but I guess, cause I was like sitting right in that, in that sweet. Spot. Yeah. That's like the downside. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ooh, make like a person. sometimes you don't want to see everything. Yeah. You're not getting an Emmy for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. Oh, man. That's funny. What else we got? All right, let's, let's move on. All right. So I guess the, um, well, I don't know. Do you want to get into this, um, the Chris Terry stuff, or do you want to do Falcon and Winter Soldier first? I'd save Terry for later if okay. we have time. So, <laughs> so Falcon and Winter Soldier, another episode. Um, this one, I actually, I liked this one more than, than last week's. I have to say that Zemo is... It might be my favorite character on television right now. Yo, Zemo right now is becoming one of my favorite char- Marvel characters. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And he's an awesome villain. Yeah. He's just an awesome, like, I want his show. Like, he needs a yeah. show. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's great. Um, That, that episode was oh, so meaty. Yeah. So good. You know, the... The the opening the opening scene in Wakanda, mm-hmm. where you know Bucky's struggling with with the the words and kind of you know being drawn back into the being the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. like you could feel his pain, and then he's just like smiling because she said he's free, and he like realizes that he's like he's done. Yeah, um, that was that was a beautifully executed scene, um, well acted scene, um, but but then it lays the it lays the foundation for like the betrayal that Wakanda feels to him. Right. Breaking Zemo out and they're like, okay, we're just going to give you a little bit of time. Yo. Right. There's, that, there's that, so much. That Dora Milaje fight. And then she like disarms his arm. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I when mean, she, she was tapping his like, shoulder. I was like, is she? No. Yeah. And, and then his arm. On the floor. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, did you know they could do that? He's He's like, like, no. Yeah. That was great. That fight was like, I have to say, I am so impressed with the fight Mm -hmm. choreography in this show. I mean, I didn't really expect anything less, but to also see like the Dora Milaje like show up and like kick major ass and and all like the spear stuff with the shield and incorporating that with the choreography, Mm -hmm. like that was really cool. And then of course, like Zemo is just like, all right, guys, like peace out. And like, we don't know where, like, we don't know where he went. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is he's pulled that, like, in every episode that he's been in where he just kind of like, oh, shit, there's something going on. I'm going to go over here. And then, you know, he ends up coming back and winning their trust. And now he finally uses this this to escape because he knows you can't get past the door, Milaje. Like, you're done. Right. Like, exactly. they're, gonna, they're, they're taking you. Like, it's it. So he right. had to run. He had to run. Um, you know, the, 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 
the falling down of John Walker, mm-hmm. I thought was was well executed. Oof. Um, you know, you. I think they did a. They've been doing a great job at kind of setting up his his flaws, and you know, it goes back to what um, what's his name, Erskine. Said uh, mm-hmm. about Captain America is about you know you being a good man is what you know the suit the serum is going to enhance that and if you're a cocky son of a bitch in general mm-hmm. or you're unsure of yourself you have insecurities because that's what you get in that first episode when you meet him mm-hmm. he he's insecure mm-hmm. um and he wants to show strength and like he ha- you know he he takes power by force and uh, that that uh, that that whole ooh just. His he tics, feels... his little ticks of like, I'm not in control of the situation. I need, yeah. to, I need to, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm Captain America. Like I'm taking over. Um, that he, shit is that's deep. He feels inadequate, and I, I think like, what the episode also did really well was not just show him as like this surfacey character that's just like rude or you know. Yeah just like has like an ego trip, but they really show him experiencing what changes his mind. Yeah. Right. Like seeing like what happened to his partner and he couldn't do anything about it. So like, there you go, like emasculation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and how am I going to get revenge over these other people that have these powers that I don't have? And I'm supposed to be Captain America, but I'm seeing people more powerful and better than me. So how do I live up to that too? Right. And he just feels like he probably like his ego is probably just feels so small. And then they have that conversation in the cafe where they are talking about, like, it's about the person who takes the serum. Yeah. Right. Like that's the difference between Carly and, you know, um, Captain and Steve Rogers. Right. And I think after that, he decides to take it. Um, Well, he gets his ass kicked by the door Milaje, which is like, right. I I call that shit. I knew it was going to, I was like, he's going to get his ass kicked and he's going to have to take that serum. But it was like his face. He's like, they weren't even super soldiers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, they whooped your ass. Right. Like that that chick used your shield against you with the right. spear at him locked in on the table and then he couldn't move it and she comes over one hand pops the spear out. Right. And he's like, right. they're not even super soldiers. Yeah, because in his reality, he's just a little bit he's naive. He's nobody now. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Without the shield, you're nobody again. And then the ending. Yo. Oof. Yeah. That ending scene. Oh man, what he I mean he literally taint, he taints the shield, the symbol of the shield and the symbol itself destroys it. By, I know. by basically like I thought he was going to decapitate the dude. I yeah, that's what I thought too, but I was like, "Oh, they're going to do this?" I thought he was going to throw it and like like that, you know, throw the shield and take his head off. I thought that too. I also I also really enjoy the dialogue between all the characters about like what like supremacy is and how like comes out of Zemo's mouth. Right. And Mm -hmm. how Zemo says like the desire to be a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh shoot. Like that kind of makes a little bit of sense, you know, but then like Sam also has like his rebuttal to it. And you're like, well, yeah, like I get, it's like, it's not black and white. No. And the dialogue is just beautiful. Yeah. Well executed. So good. Well, we have like two episodes left, so yeah, 
We're going to find out who the power broker is, hopefully. Maybe, maybe we won't. Uh, yeah. I think we will. It's I think Mephisto. We'll get a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get a glimpse, right? Uh, okay, so who do, you, who do you think it is? Well, they're saying it's a big character. Is it? But I, don't I'm, even, I don't even listen to this. I'm shit not sure. So, so okay. So, so the end of the episode. <laughs> so the end. I know we've been like scarred. So the end of the episode. Carly, um, and her teammates also get a message saying the power broker wants to see you or something like that. Right? No, he's so, like, he's like, I want my serum. Right. I, I will end you. Or I will like kill you guys. And yeah. we know that the serum has been destroyed by yep. Zemo. Um. So she's probably going to end up meeting him within these next two episodes have to yeah right i don't know that you know i imagine so i would i would hope so um people there's some folks speculating that it's um sharon carter Mm. because she's got all this she's got all this power you know she's she has access to satellites like she's you know no joke she walks around and there's armed guards everywhere it you know she and what's what you know when she gets in the car from the, I don't know if it was the previous episode where she goes, oh mm-hmm. we've got we've got a big we've got a bigger problem we have bigger right. problems, like people are yeah power broker, maybe that that sure. would be a good um, that would be a good guess that would, guess that would because... be so on the nose though to me in a way because it's but then I... no but it also keeps it in like the storyline instead of like like fucking Mephisto showing up you know like you just f bomb what. <laughs> I did. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, you guys never hear me f bomb. But like, but you know what I mean. Like, instead of someone totally random showing up just for you know shits and giggles, right? To like, like to pull something, um, that would kind of make sense. Yep. She's been helping them because she wants to find the serum, and that's what they're were they were looking for. So it's kind of like okay, our mission aligns. It would make sense. I'm not saying it's her, but it would make sense. And it, it ties into that whole concept of like with what we did with WandaVision, right? Where it's like, well, they're not going to probably bring in some outside character after all this time, right? That we've invested in. So chances mm-hmm. are, it, it, well, I mean, they didn't with WandaVision. They could, but they right? could, they could go. <laughs> it was Sharon Carter. Yeah, but the long. problem is, where is it going? <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like, th- I don't see this show connecting really into anything that's coming up at least not directly right so like if they do introduce the power broker and it's somebody like then like where does that go from there does it tie into shang chi does it tie into yeah you know like i'm trying to think of where no i mean i think like 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 we like i explained before on uh on our little thread uh, text thread. They're just planting seeds. Yeah. Like all right. of this is, li- and it's literally what I said last episode. It's like, they're just throwing them up in the air and they're like, watch them. Watch you. It could go so many different ways. Like Zemo's now out there, you know, Wakanda's hunting for Zemo. So there goes your Wakanda series. If that right. leads up to anything, right. You know, the, the, who knows? Who, like it really, it really makes sense if it was her though. Cause when they arrived at the bar, she knows that they're there. So she was the one that helped them get out of that situation. Right. Right. And she's been integral in every single part of finding the serum, which is what the power broker wants. Yeah. It would also give her a next step, and, right? Something else for her to do going forward. 
if they right. want to and we also her. know yeah and we also know that her career and her life has been turned upside down because of what she sacrificed um and i don't even think she wants sam to go through on his deal mm. to get her you know back to the united states and like get you know get her record um cleared I think I think she's just saying that to him because it would make sense for her to say that. There ends to a means, right? You know, but she's, I, I, she's using them to to help her get what she wants, right? But I think like she's in this world. She's in Madripoor. If she's a power broker, she's she ain't gonna leave that position. It's but her new life. Here's the thing, though. If it were if it were her, they don't call Sharon until after. The serum is destroyed. You see what I'm saying? So Sam goes and he go he goes to the to the funeral, and then they have that whole fallout because that's when Zemo escapes and he destroys the stuff. Do you think he would have told her there then and there? You know, this the serum's been destroyed. Like, does that not even matter to him? Is that not even what he cares about? Because if she had a vested interest, do you think she would have asked him, do you know if she has any more serum? Because then she would be out of the no. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. are you picking up what I'm throwing down here? Yeah, I, I don't think he told her. Yeah, but then, but the thing is, though, if she is the power broker, then she would have been asking for that information about the serum, if that's important to her. Mm-hmm. And if she were the power broker, then why would she lead Sam, Zemo, and what's his name? Um, and the, and Bucky to the doctor that was making the serum. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking through here. Like, some of the theories. I mean, Sharon Carter is obviously a top one. Armin Zola. That's Th- where I think Thaddeus Ross is another one. I think uh, that's another one. That's that. Right. See, that to me. And yo, it does make sense with Thaddeus the super Ross, serum stuff, right? Because he's been manufacturing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he I had think, access to it. Yeah, and we saw him pop up in Endgame, right? At Tony Stark's he, uh he, he also is in the military and would have had he would have had access to the samples of Isaiah's blood mm-hmm. to recreate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there's a yo, lot of things. Yo, Thaddeus is popping up in the, if if he pops up in the end uh, yo yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the theories are people related to the Incredible Hulk, and most of it yeah. is because of their ties to the Super The leader. Super, the leader. Um, I've even seen, you know, Emil Blonsky brought up. and Yeah. Uh, or oh, Justin but, Hammer, who not tied to Incredible Hulk. That would be funny as hell. That would be, yeah. Zola, I, so I, there's I, your theory, actually, right? Actually, I have a very soft spot for Justin yeah. Hammer. I, I thought he was a great character. Arnim Zola. Another option. There is my boy. So those are like the the people that people are speculating on most, and though there's logic behind a number of those, some make he, a little bit more sense than others. But yeah, either way, I feel like there's more to Sharon Carter. Yeah, than, like than, she's working for the power broker. Yeah, or something that like be. that. Like or or double. Like I feel like there's something more to her yeah. that we but haven't she's seen. Been a double agent. She's a, yeah. I mean, what if, you know what if what if that's not even what if that's not even Sharon Carter? What if it's a squirrel? <laughs> well, there's always that too, right? We have to Bingo. think about. Shut up. Yeah, I mean, Bingo. I guess the, the Watch general it. Watch it happen. the general thought is, and I believe this is that with two episodes left, regardless of where you think they may be going with this, right, a season two or whatever, um, the thought is they don't think you would introduce like a brand new character. 
No. Right. Yeah. The two episodes. No. And, so and, it has to be somebody that we're familiar with. And yo, you, you, we're talking about just to kind of link back to something you said before about it. These shows not linking to anything. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily true because WandaVision, while for us, we're focused on Wanda's story. It does link to something bigger, which is the scrolls. Well, it links to Doctor Strange too, but I we get that a hundred percent. But yeah, but but all of the movies in Phase Four, if they're yes, mm-hmm. leads to the scrolls because Spider-Man: Far From Home scrolls, right? Uh, this the WandaVision scrolls. Right. If scrolls don't pop up in this, I would be surprised. Right, because mm, I think that is going to that that is the thread that is connecting to the bigger, to the bigger picture. It yeah, I mean it's um, and we know Secret Invasion is going to be a Disney Plus show, so right. obviously you want to that would clearly be the scrolls. So that's got to factor in somehow. We got mm-hmm. to develop whatever that storyline is going to be, right? Right. If if it has anything to do with scrolls, I mean they did Civil War and that wasn't even really Civil War. No, but if you already have the scrolls, I mean, why wouldn't you? And you've gone out of your way to... I mean, I know they could tie into Captain Marvel, too, also. I get it. But, right. um, you know, I, I, I would assume that uh, it's going to because that's that would be weird. That would be weird oh. to have the scrolls in your universe and then you have a secret invasion show and it's nothing and without to do with the, Without the scrolls? I yeah. mean, I think they have some... That would be a... That would be quite a think, What curveball. we think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have we have two only two episodes left. Sure. Which like, oh. I'm telling you, it's either it's either Bucky's Bucky shrink is a scroll or or Sharon. <laughs> okay, Aaron's on. Yeah, I'm on team scroll. Let's scroll. do it. Hashtag I'm gonna be, I'm, scroll. I'm gonna be like, it's gonna be like keep on scrolling. <laughs> That's gonna be the next T-shirt, y'all, right there. Oh, Keep that's a good one. How that's dope a, is that? That's a good one. <laughs> Chris, work on it. Okay. That's a cupping, good one. Cupping isn't that, and scrolling. Isn't that dope? No, that's a good that's one. That's dope, right? That's great. I like it. Right, Until guys, it gets taken idea. down by. Until by yeah, Disney. by Marvel. Um. Oh, that I I like that. That's that's actually okay. Y'all heard it first here on the Fanboy Garage. Keep scrolling. Uh, seriously, copyright it. <laughs> For real. Steal it. We're gonna steal it and copyright it and make it our own. Okay. Bango. Okay, let's go. So uh, I don't know. What did you want to do? I know you want to kind of push the Terrio stuff off. So did you want to? go into Mayans a little bit or just want to... Yeah, yeah so for... we can talk about well, okay, we can talk about Mayans um, Superman and Lois which I've also been loving I don't know if you guys... I'm like two episodes back. Oh, oh yeah, okay. no, I got right. yeah. yeah. I'm two... You too, Chris? No, I've, I'm caught up. You're caught up mm-hmm. Alright, so maybe we'll talk about that like later, but um, we can talk about Mayans. I also watched Kung Fu but wait, wait! Like earlier today, Kung is it um, like? Is it a spit? Is it like? No. Is it the same like, with the old show? No, new. No, it's new? it's it's a CW show. Yeah. It's oh right, I forgot all of that. Yeah, with like um, Asian American female lead. Cool. Uh, same same premise though. I don't know like the original. Like, monk, like a you know, Shaolin. Just, yep, Shaolin yep. Monk she, who, yep. But, she goes to she goes to China. How, can I? Can he I was in the old, how, how ironic this is. He was in the old West though, in the original series. But, but 
Yeah, she's in San Francisco. Yeah, this so is so it's so weird to me. Why? Why is it so? Because, what's weird? So, the history of that show, it gets. I mean, it's essentially like what Warrior was supposed to be. Yep. Yep. Oh God, I read that and, pilot. So good. And they, you know, they stole oh. Bruce Lee. Okay, different Warrior. There was a different Warrior yeah, yeah, yeah. pilot for NBC that never got oh, made. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. They masqueraded and it. And Bruce they, Lee was supposed I mean, they, they created the show it. for him. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, they cast they, David Carradine. They decided, right, they needed an American yeah. playing a... And, and right. then, then Warrior comes out, which is inspired on his writings. On his writings, on which, his is, writings mm-hmm. yeah. which is really good. I finished it. And then they're going to do They're going to reboot this hypocrisy with now they're like, oh, we're going to make it right. We're going to cast the right people for this. But it's like, but you stole it from somebody. Kung Fu. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I once know. you have the, I mean, once the property is established, I mean, I, I get it. I get that, but like, yeah. Uh, but it's also very CW. I guess. I'm gonna so be love it's, story, it's almost, love triangle. Yeah, like it's like it's like you can't compare. It's not even like apples and oranges. It's like bananas and oranges. Mm. <clears throat> but. You know, I, I tweeted earlier, like, um, when I started acting 10 years ago and I started doing martial arts like eight years ago, I would have killed to be on a show like this, mm. you know, but a show like this didn't exist for yeah. someone like me. Mm. And even and even still now, I struggle with someone seeing me as, like, either Asian like or, Kelsey. you know, like, everyone thinks I'm, I'm Latina, so they tend to like push me towards that direction but and it's also like no like i'm not latina and i don't even like i don't speak spanish right um but seeing all those asian americans like on tv was just a different experience for me like since crazy rich asians i was just like wait there's a tv show and like everyone everyone cast as asian american it was crazy i almost cried it was nuts and I, I didn't think I would have that experience. Now, the way it's shot, it's a little bit CW. You know, it's a little bit like teenagery. Yeah, right. Um, but the choreography, the fight choreography isn't bad. So I really like that. It's it's like, okay. And the, the lead girl, she's really talented. She's mm. really good. And her Chinese is good. Mm. Like nice. her, her Sifu's Chinese, you could tell she doesn't speak Chinese. Uh, She's probably like born in America mm-hmm. and like probably had to learn those lines or like had to learn how to speak it right. But her Chinese is really good. So you could, I have to look her up, but you could tell she's, she speaks Chinese. And to even just hear Chinese on like a CW show, like on mainstream, like I was just a little bit baffled. I was like, wow, I never thought like this day would come, but like, it's right here in front of me. Yeah. Pretty cool. Did you not have that kind of reaction from watching warrior? The, um, you know what? Yes, but I didn't finish warrior. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's because of, I don't have stars. Kind of... But now, but now it's that on it's HBO on, Max. now that it's on HBO Max, yeah, I have to finish it. It's kind um, of shameful how it ends, actually. But like, my friend is on that show. I went to the pilot premiere, met Shannon Lee. Like that was incredible. But mm. like since then, and since Crazy Rich Asians, I haven't seen anything on screen 
with like Asian American actors gotcha. that weren't that weren't gotcha. just like that like cameo part or like that side part. Like it was like a whole cast that was like, oh, I'm kind of like taken aback by this. Um, it was like pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Would I could would I continue the show? I'm not sure. You know, like the storyline is like a little bit okay. I might watch it when I'm having a meal if I need something on TV, but I just wanted to check it out. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Makes me want to get back to training, and I can't. <laughs> Soon. I know. All right. Know. So. So anyway, so we can talk about Mayans if you want, since, <laughs> since, since we all saw that. Yeah. I mean, and, and Mayans continues to move on. So now we're um, we're starting to get into that shift now, right? Where yeah, we're... that shit is dark. Yeah. It's, now it's I mean, gotten. We talked a little bit about it offline. Yeah. And now it's gotten week. real dark and. Um, the showrunners said it was going to get dark and it has, Yo, I mean, it was literally like, they just clipped the light switch off. Like, Oh yeah. You just want to see, you want to see how dark it's going <laughs> to no lights. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, damn, this shit is bad. What the hell's going on? People getting shot, but people getting died. I don't know what's going on. Crazy. Yeah, show was great. And this was the, the way this... that was filmed was really like, yo, yeah, I noticed that. And Elgin James, yeah, directed that episode. Yeah, and that that last scene in the car mm-hmm. was epic. It's epic the, the, filmmaking, right? The there. perspective that he used, so you know, Elgin over the James shoulder, shoot, shoot over the shoulder, and and without the sound, right? Because you didn't, yeah, until they hit the car. Like you don't realize like what's happening. That was pretty cool because it was from her perspective almost kind of not even her perspective. Like, yeah, it was like directly behind her. Um, It had an extraction vibe to it. Like, Mm. uh, yeah, it it really did. I thought it it was, it was really good. I still have uh, some concerns about some repeating some similar plot points from Sons of Anarchy, but this was the first episode so far this season where when it was over, I was like, okay, I can't wait for next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. like, like uh, Adelita leaving, leaving Angel, mm-hmm. like after after her little Britney Spears moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this just, my wife was like, she's like, is she going full on Britney? Oh hell yeah, she is. And I, was I like, thought the same thing. I was like, why do you guys all think about that? She's like, she's shaving her hair. It's like, iconic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was oh man, Edward James almost uh, you know him him having that that uh, conversation with Galindo, mm-hmm. yeah, was 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 deep and just that that interaction with no words being spoken, just that that embrace. Mm. Um, that does, oh. and I get what you're seeing because like yeah, Coco is definitely juice. Di- he's juice. Uh, he's juice. He's juice. Yeah. yeah, but I'll tell you, I feel more for Coco than I did for Juice. Like, Absolutely, the moment yeah. Juice flipped, I yes. was like, kill him. And and yep. the thing with Juice and then he didn't die for so many seasons, yes. and I was like, "Damn!" Correct. And it it also seemed unearned in a yes. lot of ways for him. It was just like a plot point that they threw out there just to to have yeah, it. Came, came out of nowhere. Yeah, this has at least a there's a build to this, and there's a an arc to this, and it makes sense, right. and it ties into things that happened in season one. You know, so like there's there's a there's been a trajectory here for Coco and his character yeah. and we'll, we'll see where it ends up. But, um, yeah, yeah, I hope, I hope we see his daughter again too, because I really like that character and we've only seen her once. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, right. We've only seen her once and she I was would, a great character. I last would think season. she would, ha- I mean, it would make sense for her to 
get involved again at some point, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, I can't like imagine that. Yeah, like that's the last we've seen of her. And if if he's going to be a focal point of this season, then it would make sense to kind of have her back. He's such a good actor, man. Like yeah. every time he comes on screen, I just like oh, um, that's oh, it. Uh, yeah, and they said um, he lost like sixty pounds. Yo, he or something looks to have so to, bad. to and pull when he this talks, off. He sounds like he's on the verge of like, yeah. Right. What do you want from me, man? Like, yeah. yeah, like he's like he's in constant pain. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, boy Scott, why don't you stop talking and drive already? <laughs> I'm good, right? I'm good. Cast me, cast me. I got the whole yeah. bottle. There, there's things. a lot of good. That's the one thing about this show is that the acting, for the most part, overall is is pretty solid. Like, awesome. yeah, there, like really. on Sons, there were moments of great acting. Yeah, uh, like I mean, obviously, anything Jimmy Smits did, as yep. usual, is brilliant. Uh, you know, and and Katie Seagal had some brilliant moments, and I mean, I, I there were Ron brilliant moments. Ron Perlman can commit no crime. Ron Perlman, oh, he's and, so good, and anything involving. Like the whole just the Tig Venus Van Dam thing was all just magic yeah. and amazing, yeah. but like there were it like overall I feel like this ensemble just has a there's a lot of strength here to this mm. there's a lot of Honestly. really good acting yeah yeah it was funny we were watching we were watching uh, this episode and they were talking about Jax oh you know it's gonna break the you know break break the rules that mm-hmm. Jax set and Jess turns to me and she goes. Why did Jax have to die? And I go, you know, I've seen I've seen the entire run twice, and I can't tell you. I I don't remember. I don't remember at all why he had to die, other than to say that he couldn't live. He couldn't. No, live. he he was going. To, he had to die because he killed. He killed his mom. No, it, no, it wasn't that. See? He killed his mom on his way to, like, as part of his final like yeah. acts right, and all of right, that right. stuff no he killed um she's I'm, I'm drawing a blank but he did he kill See? another like a son like a leader of one of the other oh um, maybe yeah wait i just watched this guys i watched See? it i watched it sooner than you guys and, and and here's another here's another here's another question what happened to his son the one that had his heart born outside of his chest. Bingo. Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah. knows because they we just broke that got... little boy right off that chain. Right. Gone. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Tell me Wikipedia what happened. Who did he kill? Wait. Who? Wait. Oh, that's what I'm looking up now. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. Yeah. Um... I, I can't remember it. All, all, other than I just remember him doing the ride of glory like down there. Yes. Same ride that he. And Michael Chick was is driving the. The trailer, the tractor trailer. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. See that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'll. I'll it's it's, uh, it's hard. Like, no one, nobody. I couldn't. Shut I couldn't, up, Aaron. I, what I'm the sorry. hell? Now I'm like. And now it, that makes I, me. I that just, actually makes I me just disappointed. Watched it too. It, yeah, it disappoints me about the show because it didn't have the stickiness to it. I could tell you why Walter White had to die. Wait, wait! I've never seen it, so shut up. Oh, okay. Same same concept. You you can't be you can't be the star of the show and not die, and do bad do bad shit and not die. Got it. <laughs> like that's why I think Easy Reyes is gonna die. Oh, you think so? He's you think die. you he's think he's die. like the Jack Taylor? He, I, I hope he's not the Jack Taylor of the story. Like, but if they if they kill him, if they 
if they kill him and then and then like at the end of the season they're like, oh, we got season four coming. Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be super intrigued. Right, right, I'd right. be super intrigued. Right, that's interesting. Yeah, because like he kicked off the first three seasons. Yeah. So so after we recorded last week and we were we had our Mayans discussion like off air. Yeah. Um, and I was saying how much I couldn't stand his girlfriend. <laughs> So at the end of this episode, I was like, "Oh no, she's going to die!" Like, yeah. So this is sorry. Just to circle back to this. So yeah. So it was, um, the other charters wanted him dead because he obviously based on a number of actions, including killing a member of another charter. So I do remember that. I did remember that he did kill somebody from another charter. Um, you know what's funny though? So when so it ca- oh, it came out, he I killed look. Jury. That's what it was. He killed Jury in cold blood. Right, that's right. Yeah. And then his wife dies. Yo, his wife dies. And then and then they find out that it was. And then Gemma and Juice are on the run. Yes. From that. Right, and that's one of the great scenes. That one of the talk about great acting. The scene when Jimmy Smith gets the phone call. Oh, and yeah, and you yeah you like you don't hear the call but you you yeah. know what the call is about. And he's standing by his car. It's not the call, but it's the call. Not the call that Gemma. It was the call that he gets when he finds out that Gemma was the one that killed Tara. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he has oh, like yeah. a meltdown. But and you don't. You just you know what the conversation is all about. Like yeah. that was just fantastic acting. That's a good show. Yeah, but so far, Mayans. Yeah, I I overall I I like the acting. Top to bottom. Yeah, I think mm. it's great. Uh, a lot. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll I, I, I dig it. I even like this whole, like, um, Paolo side story. Yeah. You know, mm. It's crazy dude lur- lurking in the shadows. Like, yeah. Leaving bodies on, on like, he, like, it's gonna, it's a full out war. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you're gonna have SOA going back after the mine. Like, this is what I think. I'm like, they're gonna set it up that way or they're gonna pin it on somebody else. Like, there's a reason why that body is sitting in salt. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just holding it, they didn't just ditch it somewhere. Like that body's gonna pop up somewhere else. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, because one thing I don't, I'm still trying to figure out, and maybe I missed in the first episode of the season, but the last season ended up with like that party, right? Where they went in, and then it ends up with it looks like a member of SOA got killed. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. They did. Who yeah. was that? The dude's cousin. Yeah, it was because they mention it, so you, we never see it. They left the body in the desert, but that when um, what's his name gets killed, they mention that when it Montez was his cousin. Yeah, they they mention that it was his. They say like, his oh, cousin. the guy's cousin. Uh, they make like a just a uh, quick reference to it. Yeah, so but okay, they were, I think I they were running. It. They were running something behind behind the back yeah. behind their back. Right. Ah, okay. Under the underneath Chibs' nose. Right. Okay. 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 He was working for multiple because he goes. Do, do they know that you're working for multiple uh, yeah. groups or gangs, whatever they say? Right. Clubs, okay. Okay. So like then, that. okay. So then, that made his death irrelevant. Because yeah, he I mean, was it, just a cousin. It turns out that yeah, unfortunately, and this is probably I, why I thought like that was going to spark something with the son. It, it may. It may. Because it's not a, it hasn't been forgotten about. But I just, the thing is, they don't know, because they mention it in the episode where Happy and Montez show up. They show up, That yeah. they don't know yet about that. Because they, mm. they say, do you think they, is it because of that body that's laying in the desert? And he's like, oh, Happy yeah. doesn't know, like, 
what's going on or his head from his ass or something like that. They say yeah. they're like he probably doesn't even know that that happened. They were yet. like, but but Montez is a slippery dude. He yeah, wouldn't be here unless he knew something was up. Right, uh, cousin. Right, uh-huh. which he did, but not for the reasons that we right. we thought. Yeah, okay. but it turns out that that's why. Because I assumed that starting with this first episode that that would be one of the main things that they address was who that they, was because it was the big cliffhanger and it turns out that they didn't because it, it really was I don't want to say irrelevant because it's certainly not irrelevant but who it was wasn't relevant right. to the story it was just a really just a plot device to they get us put, to the put bigger it on story. a hook exactly mm-hmm. we're going to save that one for later because mm-hmm. there is about what, what the fallout is yeah there seemingly is going to be a war between yeah. the Suns and the Mayans, regardless, but not for the reasons that we would have thought. Yeah. And it's because they're all being played, as it turns out, both Suns and the Mayan. Maybe this is how they get out of that. They're both being yeah. played by people both within the organization. And so I think ultimately what happens is, you know, you could always get out of that by saying, well, look, the Montez family or whatever the cousin's name was, whatever, they they were screwing you guys. They were all over. So, and that's kind of how that gets mm-hmm. all kind of resolved. But, yeah. yeah but I feel gonna, like what's going to end up happening is they're going to take that body. They're going to drop it in a, in a different Mayan camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because his body is going to, because right now it looks like the other Mayans are out to kill. I mean, that's pretty much who went after, right? Sure. That is who went after Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Was the other Mayans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're gonna use that box. This is me all speculating because it was Mephisto all along. Right. They're gonna dump that. They're gonna dump that body, and then they're gonna send the sons after after that other charter, the one that originally came from uh, what's his name, the Godfather. What's his face? Um, the one that always had the beef with the with the SOA. Um, what's his name, man? The dude oh, with the I don't know. Galindo. Alvarez. Oh, Alvarez. You, about, oh, of the. The mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, it's going to be his squad. Yeah. They're going to dump that body. Ugh, I love Alvarez so much. Alvarez is a chump, though. Yeah. He was a badass mother. Now he's a I know, chump. But but I he's, like playing, him. he's playing a different game. Yeah, I, like game. I, like, yeah. I like it. And I wish I saw more of the other guy, too. Because I like him, too. Oh, you think he's handsome, huh, Mr. Brady? Double yeah, you like him? Who? Yeah. You like Pippi Longstocking? I like him. Oh, that guy. I do lost weight. He looks. He, he looks did. slim and trim. He, yeah. No, he looks good. He looks good. I, I bet like he him. looks. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, man over here licking at chops. <laughs> I hope, I like his character. Sure. I okay. hope that Easy doesn't die because I feel like that would be too convenient. I'm not saying. I, in, I mean, meaning I it by the end of the show. <laughs> because about Easy, I, really, you don't like Easy? What? No, he's my least favorite character. Huh. Hmm. In the okay. show, just like Jack Taylor was my least favorite character in Sons. Well, see, Jack's had a horrible, horrible. Well, American I could see that because, yeah, I don't, I didn't. Jack Taylor was not at all my favorite character on that show, not even close. No, no. and he wasn't I mean, the most interesting character in a lot of ways because uh, he he I, had like in a lot. Of, he really had like the least amount of depth, <laughs> like as a character, right? Of a lot of these, like there was some really fascinating characters on that show. Yeah, and Jack was really just your typical like, okay, like he's conflicted, you know, like Mm. he he didn't have any like he's a he's your Hamlet. Well, yeah, that's the whole Shakespeare thing. Yeah, but like he doesn't have like at least Easy has like he's been to jail. Like he was a guy who had it. He was like he had a good life. 
ahead of him, and then he pissed it all away, but for legitimate reasons, right? Yeah, yeah, Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. and, and then changed him. changed him, and now here he is doing a thing he didn't think. So even his motivations, I mean, Jax Teller's motivations were that his father started the yeah, club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. And he tried to set out to do better, to fill, fulfill his father's dream or whatever, or vision. Easy has a an actual, there's, there actually is a tragedy to his story in that right. sense. You know, Jax Teller's tragedy was almost manufactured. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's like, all right, you know, whatever. He didn't really have a, he didn't really have a, no. a tragedy. No, because he paradise. totally, right. And and that was all his, and a lot of the stuff that happens in those last couple of seasons is all his fault. Yeah. He makes the wrong decision over and over and over again mm-hmm. and puts a lot mm-hmm. of people in danger. So by the time he's gone, like, it's really hard to feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, he had, he had to die. Yeah. And that's, yeah. what, that's what I was saying. I was like, I couldn't tell you why he died. Just I knew he had to die. <laughs> right. You don't make it out of that season without him dying. But, I mean, out of everyone, I would say Easy's probably – him and his girlfriend are, like, my least oh, favorite you just characters. Hate, you're hating on the I'm, young love. Yeah, I guess I am. Maybe I'm just, like, needing a little loving, so I'm mm-hmm. jealous. <laughs> Aww, Alex, I hope you're listening. Well, that's rough. I haven't seen him for four months, so it's, you know. Tito, she's longing, man. Struggle over the, here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe that's why I see their like love scenes, and I'm like, oh my god, give me a break. I don't want to. Well, there you mean a lack thereof when he's like about to get down and he's thinking about stabbing somebody. He's about to stab, and then he's thinking about stabbing. We've uh, we've else already seen enough instances this season on this show of people about to get down and then to get just on. being like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like I he's got other Coco. things. Coco's to do. getting a little. He's such a prude too. Like, come on. Because we, let's, yeah, well. Let's, hu- yeah. let's let's hurry up. So we got that. So you know what they really need? They probably need Chris Terrio. To no, let's do it. Right, this right, show. All right, let's do it. So let's do it. Chris and then Terrio, watch the final match of WrestleMania. Chris Terrio did an interview with Variety, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, he goes on a whole bunch. Of, I'm not going to get into because to me, they were really only, a, actually, it was pretty interesting just if you're into, like, the whole idea of, like, filmmaking and you know, how the studio did interfere and all of that stuff. But but for me, the two things that I took out of it, which are things that I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about, and maybe they have, I just kind of started to tune out after like half a day of reading stuff on social media. I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But like when we talk about like the dysfunction at Warner Brothers, right, and how they handled this universe, there's two things in here that he talks about that I thought were the most fascinating pieces in this interview one is he talks about how the script for wonder woman wasn't completed when he was writing justice league Hmm. right so he had to try to like figure out like what Hmm. wonder woman would be and also he's like aquaman like that was an idea at that point so like he's like i don't know like can people talk underwater like can they like so he had to like figure out all that stuff which tells you that like they did not have this stuff figured out no. Right. And there was no long term vision. And it's like so you're you're relying you're you're trying to create a shared universe. And I guess this ties into what we were talking about on the last episode was or maybe it was two episodes ago. Whenever it was we were talking about, you know, somebody being the like the Feige, right? The person who right, oversees yeah. all this. This is why if you are going to do a shared universe, this is why you have to have somebody in that role because you can't 
have a writer for one film trying to figure out what these characters are going to be and mm-hmm. then a writer for a, the next film doing that because that's what we got like with Wonder Woman yeah. right there were inconsistencies there were sure. inconsistencies with Aquaman and like you can't exp- it's not a shared universe just because you have the same actors and you have the same characters there has to be a continuity and to it all none of these folks were comic book readers which makes sense why they would put jeff johns in the position they did mm-hmm. after bbs and all of that stuff and and move him you know sort of like put because he was a creator of some of these characters he's written for many of those characters right. so he has the institutional knowledge to guide that ship so yeah i mean that ma- it makes total sense and it, it, it also makes sense I hate to bring it up, but it also ties into the Ray Fisher stuff mm-hmm. for why Jeff Johns was making certain calls or sort of asking for, of certain things mm-hmm. related to the direction of the reshoots and, and some yeah. of those script changes and all of that because it was sort of tying those things together. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's some of the stuff Terry gets into is like – it's like, all right, dude, you know, like you were working on a huge, like he's talking about like how they wanted to cut 30 minutes out and this and that. And like, he he's very obviously protective of his vision, but it's like, it's almost like, it's like, dude, you're not making an art house film. <laughs> you know, like I, I get it. Like this he's coming, Argo. yeah, he's coming from it, from that perspective. And yeah. like, this is a major IP, right? These are major properties. And yes, the studio is going, he's like, oh, I don't. He he's like talking about like he didn't want studio notes and well you're gonna get that on a film like this. They're spending a lot right. of money on it, so that stuff I don't really feel sorry for him on. But like it is tough when you do ask somebody <laughs> to try to figure things out on the fly that are supposed to be part of a connected shared universe. Mm-hmm. Like it's it mm-hmm. becomes it's a, almost like you're in a no win situation at that point. And I mean he the other thing he mentions is that he was told to lighten the tone for Justice League, which he did, which is the version that we see now on HBO Max, Zack Snyder's right. Justice League. So obviously some of those studio notes weren't all bad. No. Because Justice it, Zack Snyder's Justice League is, to me anyway, was a much better improvement over BVS, BVS. in tone and everything. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Agreed. that balance was helpful. It was necessary yeah. to balance out the light and the dark, and to so you know th- sometimes there is some merit to all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think BVS is the complete. It's like a different, you know, it's a different breed of DC film. It doesn't, you know, it's it, look. Zack Snyder's Justice League fits nicely with BVS in that there's a little bit more continuity, but they're, they are very disparate films too, because of, because of tonality. Mm-hmm. Right. At like wonder woman technically still fits in BVS, but her film was very different. Yeah. Totally. It was different. And at least you can write that up because of the time, the, the time, the fact there was a period difference. piece. Yeah. You can, you can write off both Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 or not write it off, but you can explain away. Well, I'd write off Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, yeah, you can explain <laughs> away the differences in tone because you could say, well, they came first and she evolved into yeah. this if you need yeah. to. But yeah. I mean, it, like again, it you was know. all just a bad recipe. Yeah. I, I would you know, like, love a documentary of the whole. Yeah. Like it's just, like whatever decisions like it's just things just didn't come together (laughs) 
and you just saw the cookie just kind of like that like the cake just kind of yeah. fail you right. know yeah no you get a cookie and you're like it's still kind of not cooked in the middle yeah and it isn't like one particular thing it was just like all of these pieces just didn't work and that's what makes it so sad and that spawned a movement yeah you know I mean, even still like if we look to the future yeah I'm, I, you know, and I've said this so for so many years. I don't have confidence in, mm. in the direction of the studio with their property, of all of these DC characters. I don't have faith in them. Right. Yeah. It's not until I see like one of those movies where I'm like, okay, like that move, that one movie was like decent. That was okay. That was pretty good. Yeah. But then I'll watch the next one and I'm like, that's a total shit show. Yeah, like that. That just to- totally like it turned me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Wonder Woman was. If there was no Wonder Woman, I would be like the whole thing. She's right? the yeah. She's, she's like the, the she's the top. She was the like that is the right best now. film right now that they've made. Period. Yeah. May not have made a billion dollars like Aquaman did, but yo, Wonder Woman from start to finish is a great film. Mm-hmm. It's got a little soft spots, but it's still a great film. Yeah. Birds of Prey, that's a shit film. That is a shit film. Right. Um, Shazam, you know how I feel about Shazam. Shinope. Uh, Aquaman gets a pass. I think Aquaman's okay. It has its has its bright spots, but there's a lot of shit wrong I didn't, with that movie. Yeah, I didn't like. Um, that. Wonder Woman eighty four. What the hell? Well, but I what think more importantly, that? I think like when you hear though, like somebody like Terio who was in there during this time when things were in such turmoil, right? And the studio was kind of losing their minds. Yeah. Like, you can just see, when they were announcing their slate, they were literally just announcing titles. They were just throwing shit They had no plans, right? They had no concept for that. Because he mentions here, like, you know, the Wonder Woman solo film hadn't happened yet. He's like, so, you know, I couldn't do scenes with, like, Aquaman and the Atlanteans because I didn't know what to do with the scenes and where they wanted Mm. to go with it. He's like, you know, Justice League needed to establish three of the characters. It had to create a long game mythology for the DC universe. It had to resurrect Superman because he was dead at the end of the previous film. And he's like, they wanted me to do this all in two hours. Yeah. (laughs) Like even, even four hours. It's like the fact that they rushed that whole process along. But again, it also speaks to this idea that like, I don't really want to hear that anybody had a, a vision for this. Zack right. Snyder, the studio, or anybody, this five-story arc, nobody had an, an arc. There were no arcs. Yeah. There was nothing. They were making this stuff up as they went along, and right. that's why it was... And this, to me, this Terrio interview basically proves that, which yeah. you could have just watched those movies and known that at the time. I there mean, was you, no you, vision you, for this. You've always said it. You were like, oh, after Man of Steel... There yeah. should have always been a follow-up to Man of Steel 2. Instead, they decided to go with Batman. Right. 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 And he because even rips on the title. He's like, Batman v Superman, don't do it. That wasn't my title. Yeah, no, they stuffed that shit in there. Yeah, he's like, I didn't you come know, up with that. It's called show business, and I think they're missing the show part of it. They're really focused on the business part of it, and I think underestimating your audience and thinking like, oh, they're just going to kind of digest whatever we give them because of whatever names we put in or it's Batman or Superman, like that's enough for the audience. I I really think that's where DC goes wrong sometimes is underestimating 
the smartness of the of their fans and the audience. Yeah, I, I, I think they just believe like, OK, like, for example, Black Adam, right, just started filming. We don't know the direction that's going to be in. We don't know what the script looks like, but it's got the rock. Right. And I almost feel like to them, it's just like, oh, we got we got the biggest name in Hollywood. We got yeah. the rock. Right. We got the biggest name in yeah. Hollywood. This thing is going to be a success. Yeah. Without seeing how is the script? How is the story? Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's where they need to revisit to really like come back. Yeah. Even even if the films are, are disjointed or not like not like Marvel. Right. Like not like this, like progression hyperconnected like easter eggs in each like universe even if they have different directors or whatever but i think the executives and the higher-ups i think they're just businessmen well they are yeah with no with no passion or heart for storytelling no and impatient warner brothers has historically been impatient with their properties again it's not the first time they did this let's remember what they did with I mean, what I'll call, for lack of a better term, the Tim Burton Batman franchise. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. they he gets to he directs Batman in on it's an enormous hit. It's a pop culture phenomenon. Then he he directs Batman Returns his way. Right, it's much more of a Tim Burton film, mm-hmm. and the re- box office receipts aren't what they were hoping for. McDonald's complained because they couldn't sell Happy Meals right away. Everybody's he, the studio freaks out because it was too dark. And now enter Joel Schumacher. For Batman Forever, and then Batman and Robin takes it to just the uh, next level. It's just level. all about it. It's a commercial it. to sell toys and Happy Meals at the expense of any type of cohesive movement. So they, they have a tendency to, and also they, they've had a lot less patience with Superman historically than they have mm-hmm. with Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Because even with Batman and Robin, and it took them a while, but we got Batman Begins again with Christopher Nolan. And yes, so Superman Returns didn't do what they hoped it would because it's not a very good film but i mean it took forever like they who and then even when they finally do reboot superman they lost patience with the character after one movie because right yeah. away what should have been man of steel 2 became batman v superman dawn of justice right, right. and it's more almost as much of a batman film in in some ways as it is a superman film because it, it does tie into man of steel clearly and, in, and it is a sequel to man of steel in theory, but it's not, it's like they read dark Knight. It's And the other thing he mentioned, like you, you talk about with this, it's like they wanted to Batman and Superman to fight. Like he, Terry o mentions in the interview, like I needed to come up with a reason for why these two people would be oh, yeah, fighting. Why, why, why Batman hates yeah. Superman. So he, he, and which is for him, like, I mean, it's like, yeah, because they rushed, they just wanted that Batman V Superman thing. They had one in development, you know, with Wolfgang. They Peterson wanted before. Avengers. That's what they wanted. Yes. But, I, to me, hyper, I mean, Batman and Superman didn't even need to fight to be in the it, same movie, no. right? You could have did a war, a world's finest type of thing, not that light, but you could have done that type of concept where there there there's an antagonistic relationship between the two of them because they're polar opposites, and that's what makes their relationship fascinating. They they are completely different in every way, shape, or form, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bruce Wayne is a regular man with no superpowers. He's he's a recluse. He can't allow himself to love. Right. And he's trying to avenge his parents death and he's dark 
and and it's all about just Superman comes here, right? He's an alien. He gets taken in, right, by an a, a you know a family, right, who treats him like their own. He has hope. He's he finds love, right? He's got superpowers. He's colorful. He's all so they are complete opposites in every way. The way they handle things, he considers himself like a hero to the world, a protector of the world. Whereas, you know, so it's just, they're very, and that's what makes their relationship fascinating. They didn't need to fight, but somebody handed somebody a copy of Dark Knight Returns and said, here, look, Superman and Batman fight. So let's do this. But, but that Superman in Dark Knight Returns was a, a, and they're very different characters, very different characters. He was a pawn for the government, right? He, Mm -hmm. that was years and years and years of, you know him already being the Superman that everybody knew, right, mm-hmm. and loved. I mean, it was and it was an older, but it was just a completely different concept, and it didn't need to be adapted that way, and they didn't need to treat Superman that way. So anyway, not to revisit all that, but there were just some fascinating things that came up. That I thought throughout that that shows you, you know, wh- where Warner Brothers is just out to lunch on a lot of this stuff, and and they yeah. they just need to. I, and I've been saying this now for four years five years they just need to make movies that stay true to the character yeah because Mm -hmm. can a dark movie a dark comic book movie make money yes joker made over a billion dollars that's dark yeah and weird and disturbing and that's an art house film right that made a billion dollars um but that doesn't mean every character has to be that way right right so and they don't have to be light either, right? So just because Marvel's had success with the lighter tone doesn't mean you have to go that rowdy. Like, everything should make sense for the character and then let them all come together because you can still fit that all together. It's actually kind of fun, right? Mm-hmm. If you That's what makes the Justice League fun is that they're all kind of different and they all play off of each other and there's it's like a real relationship. There's some people that are annoying, some people that get along, and some people... so. I think that's what they they really need to be focused on going forward. But yeah. quickly before we get out of here, just to address Ron Diesel's question, he says, "What oh. do we think is going to happen to Ray Fisher's movie career outside of the DC films?" He thinks he's still going to find work, just not with big budget films for now. I already addressed you, that on Twitter all day. You did. So. I think he's going to find work. Yes, he'll probably he'll probably end up in Michael B. Jordan's Creed film. He'll definitely find work. I mean, look at the look. To me, the the one thing that you might find problematic with him is the fact that he called out Walter Hamada, right? And kind of just, not just Walter Hamada. <laughs> well, no, I don't mean that, but I'm saying Walter Hamada, who literally like doesn't yeah, seem to have throne, done anything. The top of the throne, and the well, plus, and he doesn't. He also doesn't. He wasn't involved in that stuff. Right. So like that seemed like bitterness because he wasn't happy with the results of the investigation and all that stuff. But I mean, for the most part, (coughs) I mean, like Joss Whedon should never get work ever again. Right. There's no reason why Ray Fisher shouldn't find work again. Right. Uh, I mean, he's not the first actor to, you know, to speak their mind on numerous subjects. Uh, And. So I don't see why that should hold anybody back. It doesn't even seem like while he was making the film, he was even really like, I mean, he wasn't doing anything other than being a young kind of green actor on the middle, thrown into this huge budget film and maybe not having a full understanding of like how the process works or whatever, or or kind of thinking that he was going to have more of a voice in the process. 
Um, but e- even that, the way he acted like on set and stuff doesn't really seem egregious or that it was wrong or that he's difficult to work with he or anything like that. He didn't even speak about it. No, you for know. For years. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't see any reason why he, he should. And he's a good no, actor. He's, so he's, I don't see why he shouldn't find work at all. He, he'll get work. I'm sure there are other, other studios applauding him for. Of course. Behavior and a culture at Warner Brothers that they are all familiar with. So, they know. I mean, look how long yeah. it look how long it took to take down Harvey Weinstein. Yep, Brett Ratner, right? a whole bunch of people. Well, and he's whole getting Harvey Weinstein's getting taken down again. It ta- right. Yeah, because he just got indicted again. Yeah, so like it recently? takes today. They oh, had seriously? it. Well, they, they it's still sealed the indictment from the group, but the, it's leaked out that the grand jury in Los Angeles has is going to indict him on rape charges while he's serving 23 years for. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, dead. yeah. And like, you know, in the beginning of all of that, I'm sure people were like, Oh, well, you're never going to work yeah. again in the industry because you're speaking out. Like, of course it's the machine. It's the cog, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll definitely find work again. I don't think he did anything wrong. You might not agree with the way he went about it or what his beliefs are. Right. But like at the end of the day, I think he had this great experience with Zack Snyder in the beginning. Zack Snyder was listening to him. His character had this huge story. He's a young actor. Maybe his ego got into his head a little bit like, Oh, like I'm going to be carrying like a, a lot of this story. Right. A lot of this plot. And then Zack Snyder leaves. And then this new guy comes in who doesn't even want to listen to you, who cuts you out of his film, basically. I mean, you got to try and rationalize that and yeah. think, why is he doing that to me? Because I just came from this like fairy tale experience. And then this MF walks in and he tries to cut me out of like basically everything. And I'm trying to explain yeah. to him, like, no, you know, I wouldn't say that or, you know, uh, black people wouldn't do it that way or, or whatever. Like, oh, why am I saying like whoop or something like that, right? Uh, he, booyah. Booyah. And he's trying to kind of like look out for him. Like this might come back at you for, you know, being like distasteful or whatever. And it's just like n- nothing, right? Mm. And I think Ray Fisher just wanted to be heard. And that's why I think at the end of the investigation, he says he was satisfied, even though he didn't like the outcome, because like he was actually being heard. Yeah. You yeah. know, like he, he just wanted to share his POV. Um, and that's basic. That's like in a nutshell, like what I tweeted about today. I think he'll find work. There's people that agree with him. There's people that have been silent. Like, look at all of the other actors that came out and, you know, talked about their experience with Joss Whedon on set, if it wasn't for him, those other actors wouldn't have come out and said something or they wouldn't have stood in solidarity with him. Mm -hmm. That hashtag wouldn't have trended, you know, like that Hollywood reporter article. Sure. didn't paint him in the best light because at the end they didn't find anything, you know, with, with what he was um, alleging. Right. But you see that, there are people in the industry and outside of the industry that are like, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It might not have been this movie or this moment, 
that was successful, but I see where you're coming from and it's a problem. Yeah. He'll, he'll find work. The, I'm not worried course. about and him. The, and the sad thing for Ray Fisher and all this is reading between the Terrio interview and his uh, interview, you know, reading those together, it, it's, it just, he was a victim of a, the major studio system more than anything else. Okay. Uh, yeah. His other allegations on that stuff that's its opinion why some decisions were made and weren't made right you can go back and forth on that and there's hearsay and all that stuff involved but regardless of that he there were legitimate reasons for why he should have been excited about that character right and what that character mm-hmm. could have been mm-hmm. and what it could have meant and again the other stuff forget about the, if for nothing else the studio at the very least wound up saying, well, we're hitting the panic button. We only care about Superman, Batman, and now we care about Wonder Woman because her movie made money. So right. so that's what we're going to focus on. We're cutting everything else out because we don't really have faith in this. And and I think that that was really the biggest motivation. Mm-hmm. And, and either way, it's unfortunate for him that he had to be a part of that on mm-hmm. his first major studio film where he, he felt like he was developing a historic character. And he could have been, and that got taken away. So sure, that's going to sting, especially when you see what what it wound up being, mm-hmm. and and just reading like some of that stuff, it's like it's got to be frustrating, right? I mean, here you go from, you you you're the one of the main pieces of that story, right? And you know maybe you're even going to be getting your own solo film, or you're going to be in this flash film and all that stuff, and now you're relegated to like a couple of moments, your whole story gets cut and they give you like the little catchphrase because one of the studio executives daughter watched teen Titans cartoon and, and they thought she would want to hear that. It's like, mm. this is the kind of crap that like that would frustrate me. If, if there's no other motivation behind any of those decisions, that alone is maddening. <laughs> and I, I could certainly see where you would, you would, I don't, and I don't think anybody from a creative perspective is going to take issue with him for having that belief and that feeling and that opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So he will he'll work again. I assume, <laughs> he you know, as long definitely. as he, he wants Look, to. Look, he's a good actor. Yeah. If he was like a mediocre actor, uh, like not a good actor, or maybe someone that was in a previous profession, you know what I mean? Like maybe mm. he was like good at I don't know singing but then like got into acting, but wasn't that good. No, he actually is a really good actor. So I, I think he will find his yeah. spot and That'd he will fun. work. And, in, and, and maybe, maybe not in any like superhero universe. Um, I could see him doing a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And people seem to like, it. look, he, Zack Snyder likes him, loves him. You know, I mean, even like Jason Momoa seems like, so the cast, they all seem to like him. People like him. It's not like he's like, this outcast, right? Yeah. That people are like running the hell away from. Like, oh, we don't want any part of that guy. You know, again, no, the one guy who, beyond wrong. a shadow of a doubt, should not work ever again is Joss Whedon. Right. That, 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 that's the conversation you should be having is whether that guy will ever work again. And the answer should be hopefully not, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ray, Ray Fisher's. Uh, he's, he shouldn't. He's not going to worry. He'll he's, be okay. Yeah. And he's a powerful okay. voice. Um, so, uh, that there's value to that, you know, there's value to that if treated right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully, uh, people take advantage of that as well. 
Um, all right. So I don't think there's anything else, right? No. No. All no, right. So we can get out of here and go to thefanboygarage.com. You can check out our episodes. You can check out our merch and all of that fun stuff. Uh, of course, if you'd like to watch us on beautiful video, you can see how we we look like like Star Trek. We're all matching. It's pretty cool. We're going to post Star a Trek. picture. Right now, we... Uh, <laughs> Twitter. So um, you can watch the video on our YouTube channel, the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Uh, you can like and subscribe there. Of course, the social the social medias join the conversation on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram at the Fanboy Garage. And you can find me on Twitter at Real C L Mighty. All right, you guys can tweet me at banana underscore tfg, and you can find me on Instagram uh, at my full name. <laughs> Vanessa underscore Bontea, B-O-N-T-E-A. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at A.A. Ron Speaks. That is A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks. Thank you so much again for listening to episode 139 of the Fanboy Garage. It is another week, and we are closing it out. Have a good one, guys. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.